everyone, and welcome to the Able Voices Podcast. I'm Dr. Rhoda Bernard, Founding Managing Director of the Berkeley Institute for Accessible Arts Education, and I am proud to present this podcast featuring disabled artists and arts educators. We are inviting artists with disabilities to be guest hosts for the Able Voices Podcast. Today, you'll meet our next guest host, actress and playwright Grace Everett. Grace is a proud queer woman and an autistic self-advocate who is always happy to help educate others about accessibility and disability activism. She hopes to spread awareness and acceptance through performing and writing. Grace has been active in the arts since she was nine. She started out with improv and later moved on to community theater. Some of the favorite musical theater roles that she's played include the title role in Carrie and Joe March in Little Women. She graduated high school at Ovation Academy of Performing Arts in McKinney, Texas, and now she is at DePaul University in Chicago, where she studies and trains as a member of one of the country's most selective undergraduate playwriting programs. Grace was a writer from the time she could read, but she started writing plays at age 15. Her first play, The Last Sunrise of August 1973, is award-winning, and several of her other plays have been performed across America by various youth theaters and professional companies. Welcome, Grace. We are delighted to have you here as the next guest host of the Able Voices podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. This is so cool. <laughs> well, we're about to get even more cool because we get to learn about you. And I'd like to start <laughs> I'm flattered. Off, <laughs> I'd like to start off by asking you to tell us your story as an artist. How did you start as an artist and how did you get to where you are today? Yeah, um, I mean, as you said, I did. I started out in improv. Um, competitive improv is not a thing you hear very often. but I ended up falling into that trap, I guess, <laughs> for a, an organization called Destination Imagination. I did improv through there and then also learned how to build sets, write scripts, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff in there. Um, and then through that same director slash coach, I ended up getting into a whole bunch of community theater productions. And then I did theater in my middle school. And that really solidified it. Um, shout out to Charlotte and to Miss Jacobson for, you know, facilitating my uh, entry into the theatrical world. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I, about halfway through high school, I just started getting like super overwhelmed and stressed with this school that I was at because I was at a massive high school. I mean, it was ridiculous. And I you know, couldn't have even really enough space to breathe. So I ended up transferring to an itty bitty performing arts school. And I ended up getting a whole bunch more individualized attention there and just being able to really hone in my craft personally. Mm. And it was, you know, plenty of, of space and time for me to recharge. And it was it was a lot better for my mental health as well. Right. Um, and then I started taking playwriting at that school. Then I, yeah, I wrote a play for an assignment and then found out that there was a playwriting competition at Thespian Festival that we were going to next year. And I was like, hmm, okay, I'll submit. And I did. And then I won. Wow. That was, and that was the first play I ever wrote. So mm. I had zero reason to believe that it was going to go anywhere. I was like, okay, I mean, I just did this to get a grade. <laughs> <laughs> and then people liked it. 
and I liked writing it. And so I was like, well, I should do this more. And then I did, I did it a whole lot more. Wow. And I did the musical theater college audition process. And I'll be honest, it did not go as well as I'd hoped, but I feel like if it went any better, better, quote unquote, I wouldn't be as happy as I am today because I feel like I really am destined to study playwriting and then just continue with with acting uh, for theater and for film as my passion project and my thing that that makes me happy outside of school. Fantastic. What a great story. I love <laughs> that your very first play won that competition. That is amazing. Congratulations. I know. It's so absurd, right? Like, I never would have thought. But I love that. I mean, you just sort of did it as an assignment, and then there it was. Wow, that's yeah. so cool. That was my my sign from the universe that I was supposed to keep writing writing plays. I was like, there's there's no way this was unintentional. Like, absolutely, <laughs> that makes perfect sense. So you've given us your story as an artist. Talk to us about your experiences as a person with a disability and as an artist with a disability. Yeah, funny thing, I didn't actually realize that I was autistic until quarantine started. Right. Uh, I know that time when everybody is locked inside and forced to reckon with a whole bunch of self-discovery. <laughs> so I was just, you know, sitting in my bedroom, seeing all of these people like, I can't stand this. I need to have social interaction. I feel so drained not being around people. And I was like, okay, yes, not being around people sucks. And I wish I could leave my house. But for some reason, I am less drained now than I usually am. Interesting. <laughs> and so it's like, is that is that the way things are supposed to be? Is that the way the cookie's supposed to crumble here? Mm. So then I, I ended up kind of falling down, and I really hate to say, but the TikTok rabbit hole of just a bunch of different autistic people talking about their personal experiences. And I was like, oh, it can manifest like this. It doesn't necessarily just have to be like six-year-old white boys with train obsessions. Like Right. Because that's all that had ever been presented to me. Sure. So I assumed, you know, I'm not, I don't fall into that very small category. So obviously I can't be autistic. But, you know, I was starting to have reason to believe that I was. And so um, I talked to my mom about it. And I was like, Mom, I think I really want to get a full battery uh, psych assessment just before college because I really want to, if I end up having autism, I want to be able to have that in my accommodation list. And I want to be able to get the, the assistance that I am entitled to for that. Mm -hmm. So I did, I went in for the assessment. Um, and yeah, I am autistic. And it was such a, a liberating moment to find that out. Like I Tell ended up- liberating I, how? Um, I remember I was sitting on the bed with my mom when we were on the call with my uh, the the doctor who did the assessment, and he was like, "Yeah, after after all this assessment, we uh, we thought more about it, and so we do have reason to believe that Gracie um, has autism spectrum disorder level one, which is like basically what would have been classified as Asperger's, but you know we we don't use that word anymore." And I looked to my mom. And I just smiled and I was like, all of the, the stuff that I dealt with when I was younger, it makes sense now. Ah. All of, it's like I had closure finally. Mm. Like I finally was being heard because I felt for so long, I, I, was, I was a hot mess kid. 
I mean, I was the kid that had such bad anxiety that, you know, I I started being medicated at age nine, I think. Mm. So, and I, I was the one who just like every now and then I would be so overstimulated, but I didn't have that word for it that I would just break down crying. I would freak out. The smallest things would make me lose my mind. Mm. And we always just attributed it to anxiety. Now that I'm looking back and I'm seeing all of those things and I'm like, oh, that was autism. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. And so now I'm definitely a, a proponent for recognition of all the ways that autism can manifest, especially because I think that if I had known earlier in my life, then I, I might have been able to um, have handled things a little bit differently and a little bit better for the specific need that I have. Right. Because we were treating the wrong thing. We were trying to treat anxiety and depression when really it was autism. It was burnout. It was overstimulation. So sure. sure. Yeah. Um, you're, this is a fascinating story. And your point about representation is huge. Yes. It's a serious issue. My students at Berkeley always say to me, why can only white males get autism? Because that's all, right? right? I'm like, it can be anyone. It can be absolutely anyone. Anyone with a brain, right? Yes, (laughs) which is most people, I would argue. (laughs) (laughs) I would argue too. Um, So you mentioned a little bit about this before, but I know our listeners are going to want to know more about your arts education. So you did you thanked a couple of your teachers and you're still yeah. edu- in your educational phase um, now in Chicago. But can you talk a little bit about your arts education? Yeah, I mean, what, what would you like to know? Because I feel like that is just so, that's so broad that I could go so, anywhere with that. Let's talk about playwriting. Talk yeah. about that playwriting class and how that sort of got the passion for playwriting in you. Another person I have to shout out now, um, Linda, my my playwriting teacher uh, in high school. So amazing. So wonderful. Like even now when I'm home for holiday breaks, like we'll go and we'll get sushi. (laughs) So she's amazing. Um, She really took me under her wing. We we just really delved into how to create characters and how to I think the biggest thing about a playwriting class is how the heck do you format a play? Because I think that's the biggest learning curve. Like once you learn the formatting, then you can figure the rest of it out. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. that was that was the thing that all of us were ripping our hair out over. That we were just like, how do we do this? Where are we supposed to align the character names? And it's right. it's, it's weird. It's weird. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um. And so but I ended up really creating a community with the people that were in that class with me. And yeah, that was for, for about half of my junior year, I did that. And then, um, and this is a very personal aspect of this, but I would say that it definitely impacted my, my creative journey. But that was the fall semester of my junior year. And winter, like in the three months leading up to COVID, uh, I ended up going to an intensive outpatient um, mental health care program. Mm -hmm. So helpful, so amazing for my personal growth. Um, Really helped me come into my my queer identity specifically because I was kind of on the the struggle bus with that for a little while. Um, And so that was a lot of of 
learning new coping skills and learning new ways to accept myself and appreciate my existence. And then not even kidding, like two days after I got out, March 13th, 2020, everybody stay inside. (laughs) (laughs) And so then I had like two more months just to sit with all that, that I just learned about myself, all of those discoveries, all of that new appreciation for my life and my existence and just use that energy to create Mm. all kinds of stuff. And so I just, I really jumped back into my arts full force after that. I even started writing a play um, during, because we had academic time at the, at the program that I was at, because, you know, we're all still minors, we're in school. So during that time, like once I'd finished my actual schoolwork, I was working on this play about basically teens in a mental hospital. (laughs) And I ended up finishing it a little while ago. I'm still editing it, obviously, but it is, it's very personal and very impactful. Um, And I think it was really useful for my my self-discovery journey because this was also before I knew I was autistic. Right. And I ended up, (laughs) I think about this now and it's so funny. I wrote a character who is autistic and I ended up actually reaching out to quite a few of my friends who I knew were on the spectrum. And I was like, hey, do you mind if I talk to you a little bit about just like if this character is, is written authentically or if it seems like it's leaning into stereotypes or anything because that's not what I want to do. Yeah. And I was kind of weirded out by how much I felt I had in common with this character. But I was like, it's no worries. Huh. <laughs> Funny how that is. I know. <laughs> as soon as I found out, I was like, man, no wonder I like Penelope so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Um, yeah. So you're going to share um, some audio with us. Yeah. Can you tell us what we're going to hear? Yeah. Um, so my senior year of high school, um, another another shout out. I just keep shouting people out, but I feel like it's important. Um, the, the executive director and uh, my my school director, Angie, she, yeah, she helped me grow so much as an artist. I know there's been, there's been some chaos the last couple years just with pandemic and with all of that. So, and I haven't talked to her in a while, but if she's listening to this, um, I appreciate you greatly. And Christina, my voice teacher, both so great. This was the show that we did in high school, my senior show, uh, Little Women the Musical. And this is sort of the, the main character, Joe's song where she's like, I am gonna go out into the world and I'm gonna create some cool stuff and I'm gonna be awesome. And that's a song that's always really stuck with me. I feel a connection to that. Sounds like someone I know, Grace. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you, yeah. So yeah, this is Astonishing from Little Women the Musical. Hope you'll enjoy it. Fantastic.
you for that. That's an amazing piece. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Next question. You are very active right now. Can you talk a little bit about what, what you're working on? Yes, I can. I am so excited about this. So it's so weird to think that in all of my almost 20 years of life, I have never seen a casting call for a character who is explicitly written to be autistic. How? How have I never seen that? And so I saw one uh, last quarter, DePaul's on a quarter system. So that was like, I don't know, September. I saw it and I was like, whoa, wait, this is kind of perfect because it was for a, a young girl, you know, 18 to play younger, which is me. <laughs> mm -hmm. And she is autistic. Um, she's very creative. She's specifically, she's a painter, an artist. I can't draw for my life, but I like to write. So, you know, same old, same old. Sure. And it was for an original musical that was going to be premiering in Chicago. And wow. I was like, okay, I don't know what the odds are. I don't know how big of a production this is, but like, I am going to submit anyway, because I feel like I have to. And I sent my stuff in within the hour. They got back to me and they were like, hey, we want to schedule you for an audition. I was like, whoa, <laughs> that's cool. Great. <laughs> and I ended up getting the role. Wow, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. The musical is called Raven Stars and it is performing in March uh, in Chicago. I'm so excited for it. Uh, believe it or not, I actually, before my callback, I kind of started to get worried. I was like, oh no, what if my autism ends up actually being a detriment to me in the audition process. Because what if they're, they're apprehensive to work with somebody who's actually on the spectrum because they've never done that before, right. even though it's a character on the spectrum. So I don't know why you would cast somebody who doesn't fit that mold, especially because there were multiple people that auditioned that were autistic as well. So yeah, then I ended up, just like started rehearsals for that. It has been so cool. It has been so hard. <laughs> the music is so difficult, but you know, Mari and Zach and Remy, the, the creative team, they've been so amazing and they've been coaching me through a bunch of stuff. I'm not the best with sheet music and they know it and they're helping me out. So I appreciate that greatly. <laughs> oh, it sounds like a fabulous project. Do you know it's if it's so going to be performed elsewhere other than Chicago? Do you know? Hopefully, hopefully. I know that we are, uh, as of right now, we are looking at getting a professional recording of the show, awesome. as well as a cast recording, which will hopefully be able to stream on like Spotify, Apple Music, all those platforms, which I really hope will be possible because I would love to share this story with the world. Awesome. It is so beautiful. Oh, they did a great so job with it. That's so great. And I bet you're doing a fabulous job with it too. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Last question for you. What advice would you give to a young disabled artist? I think that I know the industry has been not so inclusive for a very long time, and that is very unfortunate, but there is a light at the end of the tunnel, and we are starting to see that. We are starting to see more authentically disabled roles coming up. And yeah. so there are more opportunities for people like us. And if there aren't, who says you can't just do it yourself? Mm. You can write, you can, you can create 
musicals and plays and you can paint and whatever the heck you do, if you don't see the representation you want, just do it yourself because you never know where that's going to take you. And if nothing else, it's fun. Fantastic advice. Thank you. <laughs> thank, I you. thank you. I want to thank you so much for this time and for us to learn about your experience and your thoughts. And I'll tell you, we're really looking forward to the next episode <laughs> where you will be the guest host. Thank you so much. Um, if anybody wants to check out any more of my work, my Instagram is Grace Everett, just my name. And my website is graceeverett.org. Awesome. Thanks for that plug. And we will be <laughs> hearing from you again in our next episode. Heck yeah. Thank you. Bye, guys. Voices is a production of the Berkeley Institute for Accessible Arts Education, led by me, Dr. Rhoda Bernard, the founding managing director. It is produced by Daniel Martinez del Campo. The intro music is by Kai Levin, and our closing song is by Sebastian Batista. Kai and Sebastian are students in the arts education programs at the Berkeley Institute for Accessible Arts Education. If you would like to learn more about our work, Find us online at berkeley.edu slash B-I-A-A-E or email us at B-I-A-A-E at berkeley, that's L-E-E, dot E-D-U.